piece of advice I have for someone trying to succeed in the film industry or any creative space is if you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're doing it wrong. Welcome to Around the Craft Table, a podcast by film students about movies, making movies, and other stuff. Weren't we supposed to film at the Forks today? It's a long story. What's the short version? I went there to go play Pokemon Go and I got banned from the premises. This is, this is fine, this is nice, okay? Mary, makeup? You're doing great, you're doing great. Maybe smile a little bit. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Just, maybe okay. Just, okay. We're fine. That's it. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. What you've just heard is a clip from Jermel Pasqua's new film, Why Winnipeg. And he's here along with actor Sydney Sabiston. Hi. And Luke Roach to take us through the film. Hi, everybody. Hey. 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 How are you all doing? Not too bad. about you? Miranda's also here, by the way. <laughs> oh, I, let's do that again. <laughs> God. <laughs> It's, I'm also here, but I'm always here, so it's like you guys I'm probably sorry, assume Miranda. that I'm here by default. No, it's okay, Miles. So, Jamel, why don't you take us through a brief synopsis of the film to start? Okay, so Why Winnipeg? It is a mockumentary-style comedy. Um, I guess if I were to kind of say like a logline, it's about a guy named Louie trying to make a travel documentary about Winnipeg and why it's a good place for destinations. And then there's a behind the scenes crew following that um, production around. And in that production, there's uh, various characters. There's Louie Mary, played by Sydney on the uh, podcast today. Um, and there is Josh, played by myself. And then there is Sam, played by Brooklyn Kilfoyle. Who plays so, Louie? Uh, some, some dude. Some guy. Some we dude. saw him on the street. <laughs> I saw him on the street. Oh, yeah. it was Luke. Oh. Yeah, it was Luke. Oh, it's the hi, other, Luke. The other guy here. The other guy. He's not he really relevant. That's why yeah, I didn't say anything. He's only yeah. the lead character, right? Yeah. The first thing you said when <laughs> when you got cast. Because, you guys hey, guys, I'm not sure you guys know, <laughs> but I'm actually the lead in this movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the uh, short synopsis of it. Nice. Um, so I'll start with a with a fairly easy question. What um, or hopefully easy. Uh, what's what birthed the idea for you? What made you want to make this movie? Where did it come from? Well, I guess hmm, there's a two portion to this answer. One, I've always wanted to make a mockumentary. I just like trying out different styles that I've never done before. You know, I I I like to branch out and I just kind of do one thing the entire time gotta keep it fresh uh, so i was like i keep it fresh you know i always i've i've always liked mockumentaries uh you know what did i see the office is a famous one obviously um i saw a pop star um uh, the older one borat that's pretty good so i was like you know what i want to try that style so that's kind of the first part of the answer second part of the answer um i've always had a sort of this i guess fascination with winnipeg because it's got this sort of feel to it. If you watch old retro stuff from Winnipeg and then you compare it to the stuff that you got now, it feels like it was always meant for something more, but never quite got there relative to the other sort of bigger cities that did improve a lot. Or sorry, I shouldn't say improved, that progressed a lot in Canada. So it, it seemed like it was supposed to be another Toronto or Vancouver almost, but not it never got there. So I I kind of have always liked that idea, and I wanted to try to incorporate that into this into a film. So I was like, okay, so why don't we do? Why don't I just do the mockumentary? Because you know, mockumentaries kind of make fun of documentaries, and people like to make fun of Winnipeg. So I figured it makes sense to do it this way. So that's how it came to be. Sure, and I guess that sort of feeds into the next part of that question that was kind of a two-part question is why, if, if that's why you wanted to do the story, 
why do you feel that like this moment in your career was the right time to do it? Well, my last short that I did, that I directed and wrote, and you know, I, the the last short that I was kind of at the helm uh, for was about a year ago, and it was a very ambitious one. I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast. Um, you know, it was more out there. I pulled like every resource that I could at that time. You know, paid, spent like uh, quite a bit of money out of my own pocket to make it. You know, stuff like that. Uh, but so for this next one, that one really burnt me out creatively and like in every way, really. So the next film that I wanted to make, I wanted it to be deliberately more simple and easy to take in. You know, more just like you kind of just jump into it without even really knowing too much about the plot. You can kind of just sit back and laugh at the stupid shit that happens. You know, on the surface, it's just a funny, um, just a funny film. At least it tries to be. That's subjective. Um, so I just wanted to do something that's a bit more simple. And the reason why I guess that this was the time for it um, was because I wanted to get back into directing again. Um, but I wanted to ease myself into it. I didn't want to just do another project that was super ambitious. So I was like, you know, what? I think this is no, it's time for this. I've always had this idea around like about a year ago. I just kept pushing it off and pushing it off. And then after a year pushing it off, I was like, you know what? I think it's time to do it. So, yeah. Moving moving into sort of making decisions and stuff like that, um, you hit some really interesting landmarks in the city in the film. And I'm wondering, was it specifically important for you guys to hit certain locations in the city? Or did you just sort of choose places that would hopefully come off as the funny? Uh, I'd say it's a little bit of both for me. Um, it wasn't like, uh, oh, we need to do this one because, um, you know, otherwise the movie flops. It was more just, okay, what's available to us? What works? What doesn't? And I purposely wanted to use the famous Winnipeg landmarks, like the Forks and the Esplanade Reel, as Louis says in the movie. Um... You know, I wanted to use those because Esplanade Except Riel. People... Esplanade Riel. Yeah, yeah cuz I heard has, someone has... actually say it accurately and I was like, "Wow, that's really close to what you said, but like not." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he, it like he struggles like Esplanade Real Real Bridge. <laughs> yeah, because he's he says it like in a very anglophone way. It's a French name, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. I, I didn't Espl- look into it. It's Esplanade. French. Yeah. Yeah, it's French. So it, it's it must be said with that French accent. But he's very—he he pronounces it in like an English accent, so it's not doesn't work. Anyway, um, going back to Mazo's question, yeah, I I just purposely picked the uh, areas that I felt would be available to us because a lot of it is guerrilla shoot, um, so I I couldn't go to areas where uh it would be considered like, hey, you know, you're not supposed to be here, get out of here. I purposely went to areas where it's super public, where literally anybody could just go in and, and get out. Like well, Cinnaboyne Park, for example, people just literally go in and take a quick vlog or whatever and leave. You know, no, no one's going to be like, hey, what are you doing with that camera? So I purposely picked those places, but also at the same time making it more uh, uh, noticeable. So, for example, I have the Human Rights Museum in some of the shots, but we didn't shoot inside because obviously we will get kicked out if you do that so that's how i chose the uh, locations sure um and with regard to uh casting and this is a question for you sydney and you luke as well what what first of all what um i know that you like we've talked off the air before you and i and you like to usually write with uh people in mind for for your scripts so was that the case here and um, what do you think that they brought to the script? And then for you, Luke, and you, Sydney, what was what drew you guys, I guess, most to the, the script? Other than you know, Jermel obviously asked you to do the part, so that's part of it. But um, yeah. So in terms of, I guess, 
characters that I chose. I, I yeah, I did the same thing again where I had people in mind and then I wrote the characters. But this time around, I guess the slight difference would be it was kind of 50-50. So I had these characters in mind, but and I had potential actors for them, but it wasn't specifically for anybody this time around. I was more open. So I was like, yeah, I feel like this person could play this character, but I also feel like this other person can play the character. So I wasn't like, uh, you know... Uh, dead set. Dead set. Like, Louie has to be Luke. Uh, Mary yeah. has to be Sydney. It was more just, yeah, I have a few people in mind that I think could fit this role. Um, uh, but it was just a matter of deciding later after the script was done instead of just uh, closing it down or locking it down right as I was writing it. So I, I gave myself a bit more room this time around. Sure. All right. So I guess the question for the actors. Well, I guess I'll start. Um, what what drew me? I've been like known Jermel for a couple of years, and like I've always wanted to work with him. And um, yeah, like I'm I'm a fan of his shit. So um, kind of when he came to me and like offered the the role to me, um, I obviously said yes. But like when I read the script, I I knew it would be a lot of fun, and I knew that um kind of the rapport we would have is that you would give us a lot of um, opportunity to like be our creative ourselves with our characters and gave us a lot of um, um, like freedom to have fun and I think that was what I got the most from the script is that it, it would be a lot of fun to shoot and um, yeah it would just be super fun and really funny and I think I think it is funny I think it's a really uh, funny movie yeah I've always been really attracted to mockumentary style. Um, I thought you were gonna say Jermel. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting real honest. No, <laughs> sorry, Jermel. I'm just... sorry, Jermel. <laughs> Welcome to around the Jermel table. <laughs> we're all here. No. <laughs> Damn, guys. No, uh, mockumentary style uh, filmmaking. I don't know. I am still pretty new into acting. I've only been doing it for... Wow, did you, like, just get that right now, Jermel? <laughs> late? I, I purposely wanted to laugh late. Gotcha. Anyway, go on. Um, I've only been doing it, like, I guess professionally for a year. Um, but <clears throat> I've always wanted to work with Jermel ever since I saw him... Was it, like, two years ago at the Film Fest? Two or three? I can't remember, but I saw one of his films, and then I kept harassing him over and over and over to put me in his films and he's he always brushed me off and was like yeah sure said one day and i'm just like oh my god this guy and then of course like <laughs> of course like it gets to the point where i almost can't like legally work with him because <laughs> i'm like like part of actor you became now. a union yeah you sold out no, <laughs> i'm part of actor now because i'm working professionally and i had to like I had to beg the union to let me work with him. And of course that happens did you after. Really? Yeah, I did. They only let me wow. work with they only let me work with him. Um like they put me through the ringer for it actually. They only found out or they only let me work with him when they found out that uh Jermel has won multiple awards each year at the film festival. Wow. <laughs> so they yes. were like You had so, to bribe them. No, I straight up did and they had to they um said that they didn't wanna uh risk I guess being on bad terms with him because they could see that he has ambition for the film community in Winnipeg and it's growing. So they wanted to, you know, just cooperate by then. Also, hopefully he in the future brings in money. <laughs> there you go. There you go, film students. There's your way into acting. <laughs> that's, re that's really all it boils down to. I might, I might make money in the future, maybe. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll let we'll let you have this one. <laughs> yeah well yeah, yeah exactly exactly, exactly. that's what it's all Jermel. it's all about like yeah. investing into people especially in winnipeg you have to have like you build connections and stuff like that so i think that's kind of where they're coming from um <laughs> that's what i like to believe anyways um, yeah that's what that's what you'll tell yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so uh Jermel sent me the script and then i read it and i was super excited especially because uh it's been a couple years since i did mockumentary style like i did lucy and me a couple years ago and that was so much fun and hilarious that was by our friend uh joel, joel bavacqua sorry to cut you off yeah 
Joel Bufakwa. Um, yeah, and I just, like, I like the freedom that you get to have with comedy and you get to be off the cuff and stuff like that and also just bouncing ideas off each other it's it's really nice um it's uh, i can't even accurately like i feel like i'm drawing a blank on words but i i just read the script and was really really excited and i was happy finally yeah. happy that he was willing to cast me well, well if i can um <laughs> like kind of like build off that in terms of what i feel about like mockumentary is that um my when I was introduced to acting, it was a lot of stage acting when, for, through high school. Um, and I find that, like, mockumentary is somewhat similar to stage acting because since it's all, like, one take, you kind of just have to be the character yeah. in the space. And wh- whatever happens, happens. Like, you just have to be the character and something will come of that. And that's very similar to, like, theater acting because you can't just say cut. Yeah, especially, on, like, on especially because you, like, what you're saying, you become that actor, like, or not actor, sorry, you become that character because yeah, you want to, you want consistency throughout the whole thing, right? Yeah. Right. And it's just, like, it's, it's, I find mockumentaries to be kind of, like, a big playground where it's just, like, here's all the tools, here's all the space to just play and just, we'll record you playing. And it's just, yeah, I don't know, mockumentaries yeah. are a lot of fun. I, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's. It's hard, but it's also, like, it's rewarding in a certain way, because it's just, like, you just get to play in a space for a couple mm-hmm. minutes while you're rolling. Yeah, I completely agree. As if we're going to talk about aw- awards and winning, as an award-winning stage actor, haha, um, I, I completely agree with the idea that mockumentary, and to some degree, I think all comedy, when it's done well, um, is a lot like stage acting, because, like you said, Luke, you just have to be not only do you get to play, but you have to be willing to play and willing to be vulnerable in a way that's different than a drama. It was yeah. really nice, too, like, bouncing off ideas for for different parts of scenes with Luke as well. I thought that, that was a lot of fun. Um, certain... Yeah. Yeah, that was probably one of the highlights for me, definitely. Um, I just think it's nice to, like, I get it's nice to be able to get creative, <laughs> even though you're like acting in it. You get the freedom to be a bit more creative within those scenes because you don't have to be, I guess, exactly on script. You have a lot more freedom to play around in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was good because you need that sort of, I guess, more natural effect when you're doing a mockumentary because it's supposed yeah. to feel like you're just doing it on the spot that you're not doing a script, right? So talking a bit more casually and using a bit of slang kind of fits and uh, i don't know from like a director's perspective uh we got some really funny stuff from there yeah i was laughing yeah. my ass off while editing like i was putting it in and i would i would have to like pause mm-hmm. the clip because i should be laughing in my chair in my room <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good yeah yeah and i've shown it to a few people and uh yeah, yeah they I, I... some of the, the the beats work oh that's that's good yeah, like, I've, I've, I've also, like, I haven't acted in a while, but, like, I'm used to just, like, writing comedy and, like, directing comedy, and, like, some of the best bits that I've ever had in my movies are just, like, ideas that I came up with on set just mm-hmm. fucking around in between takes, and I was like, oh, let's just throw that into the movie, and that's, like, totally a lot of stuff that happened when we're on set for, for Y Winnipeg, which is like, oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah, that's and, like, it. I feel Why like not? lately, every time that I've worked, um, whether, like, you know, for the TV show I'm in, or, like, for Miranda's last uh, film, it's all been more, like, serious stuff, which I love, like, I love drama and horror and all that type of stuff, I love it, but it was really nice to, like, get the opportunity to work on a set, like, and have uh, comedy behind it, just because I haven't done that since, oh, it's been such a long time (laughs) since I've got to do that, so it was really refreshing. Jamil, there's something I noticed in the film, and it really st- stuck. St- it really stuck out to me. It's that the film is uh, surprisingly self-reflective about um, filmmaking as a uh, not just as an art form, but as a as a profession. And I wonder, was that something that you did consciously? And I guess for you guys, acting was it something that you guys noticed consciously, or was it just sort of? Uh, did it just sort of happen to be that way? Um, yeah, that was definitely conscious that I wanted to include both 
the sort of stuff you deal with as a Winnipegger, as a filmmaker, and as a Winnipeg filmmaker. So I wanted to incorporate that those things in there. So those are definitely like deliberate, especially yeah, like you mentioned how the the different sort of career aspects of the movie as a filmmaking as a profession yeah those are those are definitely deliberate and struggles with it i wanted to include that because i don't know i guess it's a bit therapeutic in a way <laughs> including those in there because they, they are real struggles and the way it's kind of again mockumentary is making fun of a genre so yeah, i wanted to poke fun at ourselves too uh, and it works in the context of the style that we were going with um which is why I'm going to kind of branch off here. Each character sort of represents a specific struggle. I wanted them to be a like a personified version of one of them. So like for example, Luke is the personified version of people's sort of perspective of Winnipeg. Like I mentioned earlier, it's this thing that was it's always trying hope and self-loathing all in one ball. Yes, hope and self-loathing all in one ball. It's trying to be something more but just can't quite get there. Um, and then you have Mary, somebody who is, somebody is, who is, you know, the type of person, because I have a lot of friends who, I know a lot of people who move away from Winnipeg, you know, that's kind of like uh, a big perspective here. You move away to the bigger city and then you try to do your thing there. You know, you, you improve your life by doing that. Yeah. And then you Mary, come here to sort of yeah, get you, away. Yeah. You became, you become your, you become a better person when you leave. And that's, that's Mary in this film, realizing that, that she needs to get away from Louis, i.e. Winnipeg. Uh, and then there, and then there's me who is, uh, and it works cause I'm Filipino and this is very like, uh, in, uh, embedded in like Filipino culture, um, going to reaching your goals and goals are, more like your goals are more materialistic you do school so you can get a job you do a job so you can support your family you support your family so they can then go to school and then they can then support their family so my character josh uh his goal (laughs) uh being a part of the shoot is just because he's getting paid that's it But, but it works in the context of this so I wanted to include that, but also you know there's filmmakers out there who just do it for the money. So there's that too. I thought it interesting too because I found like when I was reading the script there were like little um, I guess specific parts like that I related to, and definitely like knowing Jermel, I was like oh because um, Jermel's character used to be or used to be or no yeah be wanted to become a DJ. And Jermel used to do DJ, like, he used to be a DJ, or, like, on the side, right, Jermel? You and your, you and yeah, your dad yeah. or something? Yeah, we, we do functions once in a while, so that's yeah, an actual so thing that I do. When I read huh. that, I was like, oh, f- that's that's hilarious, because then I was just like, this character is Jermel. <laughs> and that's then, funny. Yeah, and then with my character wanting to be, you know, she's doing makeup for the for the film but she's wanting to be a big movie actress and, like, moves wants to move away, but then also is stuck you know, here for the time being because there's stuff, something holding her back and that's kind of how I relate to that because not that I feel like I'm being held back when I pick, I'm getting work, but it's just one of those same things where there are, you know... To a degree they, you are. Cause yeah, exa- exactly. Like, you can't, you know, you're, you can't just, like, up and move without, you know, it's scary to, uh, to do that and there's reasons to be held yeah. back, so I related to that as well. Yeah, I left here, like, six years ago and came back and I'm wondering... And I sometimes wonder why I bothered to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Winter suck. <laughs> See, there you go. Exactly. exactly. So it's it's. Yeah, I wanted to capture that. It, it's a common sort of mindset here that I get from my friends, from even my parents. Sometimes they're like, "I kind of want to move to like Edmonton." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> Everybody always talks about wanting to leave Winnipeg, and then as soon as they do, and then you talk to somebody about how they used to live here and they want to come back, they are coming back for a visit. They always say that they wish that they were living here again, or they can't wait to move back, or it's so bizarre. They only want to be here when they're not here. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, for one, have never, ever wanted to leave here. I have never had, like, the huge England, too. Only, like, to maybe further my career, but never anything, like, pushing me that... Like, I don't have a hatred for Winnipeg at all. Yeah, me neither. 
So moving into moving into the production side of things, Jermel, why don't you uh, take us through a little bit of, bit of an overview of the shoot itself, and then we'll dive into some deeper questions around the shoot. How did how was the shoot? Was it um, painless? Was it uh, painful? Was it somewhere in between? Um, it's like ninety percent painless actually, because nice. I had lots of time to plan for this one because there was no pressure. This is the first film that I made that is not at all related to school, um, because even you know my last short hero part of that was still for um, class, and then part of it wasn't. Um, so. It was sort of like my thesis film, I guess you could say, for film school. Yeah. That one. This one, not related whatsoever. This is just me doing a project because I can and I want to. Um, so I had lots of time to plan. I, I didn't have any pressure of deadlines. I didn't have any pressure of like anything, really. It's just me. And I, I, I want to submit it to festivals. So, But other than that, there's no de really deadline for that, you know? Unless you have a specific one you want to submit to. Um, so yeah, it was pretty painless. Uh, having Miranda there helped because she was a good AD and production manager. Because uh, like, they, they, literally we, we ran into probably like one issue, maybe two. It Not was two. pretty relaxed. Yeah, it's pretty relaxed. Like two issues actually. I can probably say just two. One yeah. was we ran out of battery at one point for the sound. Which is oh, ironic. Which no. is ironic because that in itself is a, <laughs> a film problem. But I could have could have included that actually. Yeah, totally. And because I'm usually used to not having a person in charge, aside from myself, usually I I wear a bunch of the hats all at once, and everybody cause just kind of does what I do. As I mean, we I say. do in the indie world. Yeah. Um. I was like, all right, I'll go get the batteries. But then Miranda stepped in and said, no. You should stay and like just do rehearsals with your actors. Adam can go. That's why he's here. He's like the grip or the extra hand. Oh yeah, I remember that. It's not necessary for him because if I go, then everything's the everything. Yeah, everything's a standstill. No, they can't move on without me. But if Adam goes, we can still do other things. So I was like, oh, that's really smart. In that moment, I didn't think about that because I was just like, there's a problem. I'm gonna solve it. Usually is what I do. Yeah. I think it's really hard for like people that are used to doing everything themselves to like give that agency to other people when they're not used to it because um like that's kind of the thing that I've been trying to teach myself to do is to to trust other people um cuz I used to be someone that liked doing everything cuz I was sort of a control freak and I was like I want control over every element always and then um over like the last couple of years I've just really started just being like no delegating tasks to people is a good idea because it makes your head free to do what you need to be doing which is be creative and directing do you guys find sorry do you guys find like that you're less stressed when you delegate or do you find like when you're first doing that it's more stressful because you have to rely on somebody else personally I find I'm less stressed it's more stressful in pre-production because you need to make sure that everyone's on the same page yeah Oh yeah, um, but during the actual filming, it's worth it because, um, like on the replacement, um, I remember there were a couple people that were in like a different department that would come up to me during blocking and be like, "Hey, can you give me um, an okay on this?" And then other people in their department would be like, um, "No, like let's just figure it out." And then you know if she if it's wrong, she'll tell us later. Like she's busy. And I was like, I was, I really appreciated that, that there were certain people that understood kind of how I wanted the shoot to go. And like, I planned that in pre-production so that I didn't have to deal with that the day of, cause I, cause that stresses me out. That was even helpful for me, like during that shoot, because during like, you know, smaller production, like indie sets, I usually just, I'm so used to just going up to like the director i guess and being like um so what's happening <laughs> but then during your shoot yeah. somebody was like oh no said go and talk to adam or you know like with your question or whatever and i'm like oh right <laughs> i'm yeah. professional that was, <laughs> that was so nice i felt i i i, de I definitely felt like um like more more relaxed because of that yeah it was pretty good having that but yeah um i guess the next part of it um yeah, it was pretty painless. Out of all the shoots, I, I've, I'm i not the biggest fan of production, which is partly the reason why 
uh, I wanted to make a comedy about somebody's production because I wanted to make fun of it a little bit. Because I'm just, I don't like it. It's very grueling. So that's going to be really grueling and like physically and mentally exhausting. So going into the shoot, I purposely was like, you know what? I'm going to make this as stress-free as possible. I'm just going to make it super easy, super simple for myself on purpose and for yeah. everybody. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to do this and that's it. Like we'll, we'll have a camera and we'll have no lighting setups. <laughs> We had no lighting setups whatsoever. We probably nice. like uh, had like a diffuse uh, diffusion board for one shot, but that's that was it. We had no setups for anything. It was just the boom and the camera, and that's it. So we didn't have to worry about like, oh, that lighting doesn't work. We gotta reset, and that's another two hours right there. No, we had to worry about that. So I, I I kept it simple. Did you miss not having lights at all? Uh no, I I purposely made it so like... everything's uh, exteriors, on in broad daylight. Um, Fair enough. Also, I wanted to go for the natural feel, right? And and if you're following a document, uh, a crew making a movie around you're not going to have the ability to set up lights for them yeah. because they're doing their stuff right so it, it worked for the context of it so and from what i remember too um i think it was the first day was um it was pretty cloudy out so like it was all pretty flat and even lighting so like there wasn't a lot of like having to settle with that either yeah uh on that note we are going to head into a short break and we will see you on the other side subject of lighting and having to use natural uh only natural lighting was there is there a sort sort of can't talk today is there a sort of certain look that you're after with the with the finished finished post-production of the film um yes and no i mean uh with the lighting i i i'm not too I cared less about lighting for this film and more about just the shot itself and the framing and the the fact that, you know, it'll pull focus on a certain object or a person's face to nail the comedic timing. So that's kind of what I focused on more. And I barely paid attention to lighting in this film. That's probably a blasphemous to a lot of people. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I left all that to Jesse. So whenever, you know, the sun would be at a, at a certain angle, he'd just be like, yeah, I'll just turn like sideways a little bit okay we're good and i just let him do that and i was just like okay cool and that was it that was the only sort of attention i paid towards lighting uh, in terms of color uh and post i'm just i i kind of just wanted it to be a bit more to pop a little bit but i'm not too worried about it having like a like a, a specific like color grade and i don't want it to look like a you know I want an orange teal push, or I wanted a red green, like do it <laughs> orange teal. Do it. Do it orange I don't teal. care too much about it. I just wanted the colors to be present because obviously right now, the if you look at the footage, it's very flat. You know, it's it's in a flat picture profile because yeah, it's supposed to be it's supposed to let you color. I just wanted to boost what's already there, and then that's it. That's really all I'm looking for. So it's not. I'm not too much worried about it has to look like this show or has to kind of look like this movie no i don't care too much about that i, I this is this isn't less about the technical and more about the content yeah fair enough we're uh, um 
this is an open question for any of you who worked on the project. All of you did. That's why you're here. Uh, were there any surprises while you were shooting, uh, pleasant or otherwise? Was there anything that came up that you found was advantageous that you weren't expecting or that got in the way? So there's this scene where there's, like, nudity in it. But oh my god, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you don't really notice it unless you look really closely or pause yeah. or something. So, anyways. <laughs> so funny. Oh. So, Jermel didn't even know what was happening. And, like, Jesse and the actors were, like, planning it or something. And then they were, like, Jermel was, like, what's happening? And they were, like, don't worry about it. And then, um, Egal, like, took his pants off and just, like, pretended to masturbate in a corner and as an ad i was really stressed i was like oh god some poor child's gonna walk by saint boniface cathedral and like see this and, and there like, were kids there were kids everywhere. and so as an ad i was like having to like stand and try to make sure people weren't coming while we were trying to film this scene and it was like a long take Hey. Yes, it was a long take because Sydney, it was Sydney's talking head and then they had to pan over and then they had to pan back after. Yeah, it was a long take. Yeah, and so that was like my, um, what was your question, Miles? Like, what was the most, like, the thing uh, that surprise. most surprised you? It was surprises you? in general. Like, yeah. Uh, pleasant yeah, or like otherwise that's surprises. probably it, I think. <laughs> yeah, that would be mine too. Because, like, oh, that, that was so, 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 so funny. But obviously I can understand Miranda's, like, concern because there were people walking around. Fear. <laughs> and we were at a church. <laughs> yeah, I forgot we were at a church, which is so saint-like. But it was just not, like, definitely... In hindsight, it's like, maybe that wasn't the smartest thing, because we could have really upset some people if they if their kids saw that. But at the same time, Ooh. it was so funny. And, like, we were all busting out laughing. And I just, like, I'm glad we did it. You know what? I and don't it, care. And it's low-key, like, it happens in Winnipeg, that kind of stuff. Like, it happened to you, Miranda, didn't it? it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. It happened to Miranda. So, what? I don't know if that's... Well, okay. Is that safe for the show? <laughs> I mean, our show, we swear on it, so, I mean, I could talk about masturbation, right? Right? Yeah. All right. Yes. People so, that can't handle that topic shouldn't be listening. <laughs> like, Welcome to, to Run podcast. the Crap Table, where we talk about it's masturbation. <laughs> this is a very short story, but I was walking my dogs at night. It was, like, probably 10, 30, 11, and I was walking down my street, and, like, I live in a pretty, like, nice, on a nice street. Like, it's not sketchy, really, like, at night or anything. It's generally pretty chill and i'm walking down there's like big trees and whatever and they're really like the, the girth of the trees is quite wide if, if you know what i mean <laughs> so you can't oh, really <laughs> whoa you're not you're not picking you're not picking the measure, love right? girthy trees the circumference of the trees is quite large <laughs> so anyways i can't I, if someone was to stand on the other side of the tree i couldn't see them until i get to a certain like point passing by the tree you know and so I start to hear this like weird like moaning and like this like s this like <laughs> rattling sound, and so like out of the corner of my eye I see this man like curving over and like he's facing the road, and he's he's jacking off into like a tin bucket on the ground, <laughs> and I'm just like ah oh. I pick up my dogs I start running I'm like oh my god what the fuck at least he had a bucket I mean. <laughs> My thought is like my thought is what did he think? Just like, hmm, I see this bucket on the ground. This would be a great place to do this. Or like, do you think or, he brought yeah, the bucket? Is his masturbation bucket? Someone left someone Gotta left have my bucket. Like he came from his house. Ew He came from inside his house and he's like, This is where I choose to do my me time. <laughs> So yeah, anyways. It came from inside, but also came outside. Oh, All right. Okay. Any, yeah, like Miranda said. Anyways. <laughs> so anyways, that that was the thing that happened. So I I was um, having war flashbacks to that moment while we were <laughs> filming <laughs> while Winnipeg. That's funny. Uh, the rest of you. Um, for, for me. Yeah, for me. Um, I, I didn't realize how loud and how um how much they party during Pride because we we were shooting during Pride and. Man, they were loud. Like just like in every single yeah. shot, you can hear them. Especially the the scene the scene at the church. Like all you can hear in the background is just them like fucking partying. Yeah, that's one of the unavoidable things that I we had to go through. Oh, gorilla filming. 
kind of wish that we would have acknowledged it in some, like, just added a line. I yeah. mean, you did. You what did have Miguel masturbating in public. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> But at the same time, yeah, he like, wasn't that could actually have caused even more problems. Though, guys. Like, let's get this straight, yeah, I know. okay? But he was miming. But yeah, no, acknowledging it could have caused some problems, too, because then that's just, like, more, you know, something else that we would have to figure out and add and make sure it worked with everything else. Yeah. So at the same time, yeah, at the same time, yeah. maybe it's a good thing that we just kind of stuck to the, the bones of the script. Ha. <laughs> bones. <laughs> Wow. I got um, really badly sunburnt that day, too. Um, in terms of something that, like, surprised me that was advantageous, um, on the first day, it was super windy. Like, windy? It was cra- yeah, it was crazy windy. And, and cold. I was worried. And cold. Um, and I was worried that we were filming outside, and I'm like, oh, no, I don't know how well this blimp mic thing will hold up. I've never used one outside before. Um, I've used shotgun mics with like the dead cats, but I've never used a blimp personally. So I'm like, I don't know how well this is going to hold up with like this amount of wind. And it held up surprisingly really well when I, I listened mean, to it right after. That's what they're as well for, as it really. Could. Yeah, I just it's didn't know like days. I just didn't know how well it would. I was expecting it Yeah, I was expecting how good they are. I'm like, yeah. oh, it actually did its job. I was, I was like um, worried that you're still going to hear it, and in some it does get way too strong, like to the point where it like was blowing us over. <laughs> so uh, that in those ones it was just nothing you could do, but for the most part it was okay. Nice. Yeah. Um. Were there any takeaways? Uh, this is an open question. Were there any takeaways that you guys grabbed from this movie in terms of? Uh, things you things you might want to try again the next time you act or the next time you make a movie or things you don't want to do again. Uh, for for me, I haven't acted in a while. Like I've I've been mainly just like writing and making my own stuff. So like it gave me kind of the bug to like act more because it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it gave me the bug to to act more and also to like shoot another one of my own shorts. So um, I guess that's my biggest takeaway. It's just. Yeah, I think I'm in the mindset that like creativity yeah. breeds creativity. So like, so like just being on set and just like seeing, I I, I saw the rough cut. Um, Jamal had a rough cut that he sent to everyone, and um, just like watching that, I was just, like, fuck, I want to I want to make my own, I want to make another movie, and I want to act more. Um, so I guess that's my, I don't know. And I guess also another one of my big takeaways is um. When I write comedy, a lot of it comes from, like, my, like, insecurities and, like, the things I feel sad about, and I write it in, like, I, I, that's kind of, like, my, yeah, my medicine is, like, put it into a comedy and just, like, and, like, just make something out of it, and, like, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy that, that that's kind of, like, the route that Jermau took with this film, um, that, like, he's, it, it's about, like, his struggle with making movies, and I'm like, I, I, I respect the fact that like, we're we're making some a comedy out of out of something that's inherently like hard, yeah, like sad or like a insecurity, and yeah, and it's like I, I think that's super yeah. like um, therapeutic, and I think um, like if if we get into like like fucking nitty gritty of like what comedy is to me, I think that um, yeah, I don't know, I think it's I think it's good making making fun of and making comedy about things that make people kind of insecure and, like, I don't know. A lot of successful comedians actually pull from their darkness and use it as material. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So I'm happy about that. There's the old cliche, um, sorry, Luke, of what's bad for your life is good for your art. And it's true in some cases. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like... Leading up to the, the shoot, I, I didn't struggle, but I had a lot of questions about, like, how much humanity should I put into Louie? Like, should I, like, is there, like, points where it's, like, I should be, like, cute with my girlfriend or, like, like show show some, I guess, like, humanity, I guess? Um, and then I remember talking to Jamel, and he's just like, no, like, just play it, like, 100% dick. And, like, I realized at that point that was, like, 
not only was I like a character and like a, a full, like a yeah character who had like his own thoughts and emotions, but like I also represented something. So like I had to like I don't know I had to like portray that representation and kind of that feeling that that yeah that I guess Jamal was trying to portray. So that was uh, that was fun. Um, from yeah, for myself, like I I couldn't agree more with Luke. Um, by the time that we were done, I was like I almost had like some sort of <laughs> crisis just because again I'm in this new I'm in an acting union now. Um, I had such a like a hard time <laughs> convincing them to <laughs> so I can work with Jamel, and then I had such a fun time on the shoot, and then I also like was. I also uh, was on Miranda's a few months back, and I had such a good time doing that as well. Um, but we didn't really have as much problems with Actra during her shoot. I'm not really sure exactly what the difference was between the two. I, I'm, I still am trying to learn about all of that. But I ended up just like, yeah, I don't know. I just like ended up thinking about it, and I'm just like, I ended up just having like this moment where, oh my gosh, am I gonna have to deal with this all the time? I love this scene in Winnipeg, like, working with local filmmakers, but I also love being in a union and, you know, being... Making gave, money. <laughs> making money, exactly. Making money, it's a huge thing. And, and, and you know, uh, actually being able to be on shows and stuff like that. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, it just, like, gave me such a, a hard time being like, oh, you know, I want both. How can I make both happen? I'm still trying to figure that out if I, if I can do so or not. It also like is discouraging because I know that people aren't going to want to work with me like in the indie scene because of my actor status. Like, you know, there's fees and all these hoops you have to jump through and it's annoying as hell, um, which is discouraging because I love it. But I'm gonna try and figure figure out a way like to make it work for myself at least. I'm determined. I feel like I don't I don't know to be happy in life. I don't think I need to give up certain things. Um, and that's one of them. Like, I would want to keep working in this, in this uh, community in Winnipeg. So I feel like, I don't know, it also kind of really pushed me to think about the indie community in Winnipeg. It's actually impressive. Like, I, you know, yeah. like, I forget about it a lot. And because I remember last year, all I wanted was, all I want is Actra. All I want is Actra. That's kept, what I kept saying to myself. And, and then I almost forgot about you know, how successful people can become here in Winnipeg with just doing indie and, you know, freelancing. And it's, it is impressive. It's honestly such a great community and so supportive. It's really hard to meet people in Winnipeg that aren't supportive of each other in film. I, I mean, in my experience, anyways, I barely ever have met people that are, you know, they, people usually bring each other up and stuff, especially like working with the people that we worked with on Jermel's set and stuff like that, like, I never have an issue, obviously, with anybody that we all work with um, consistently. I love working with the people that we do. I also noted that it's fantastic that you guys tend to stick stick with each other because that's so important. That's, I don't know, I think that that's how you guys get successful because if you guys stay together, then you all rise to the top, not just one of you. Yeah. Kind of thing. There can only be one. Jermel is at the top and he kicks people down. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like you guys are always connected, which is so impressive. Yeah, and I think it's Most I think it's impressive. important to sorry Jermel, to remember that like this and I go I'm going through the same thing in terms of work as a stage actor because I'm stage union and I can't do a lot of like community theater for the same reasons. I have to go through hoops to Tell them that, no, they're probably not going to pay me, but I still want to do the show anyways. Yeah, like, can you do Fringe or no? Uh, if it's a union show. Oh, yeah, so you're like in the, think, you're in the same boat. I think there are union shows, actually, so I might be able to. I'm not sure. But yeah. um, what's really cool is, is for me to remember is that, like, this what we do, whether it's on stage or on screen, is not done in a vacuum, and we need everybody else that's on a set or on or at the theater and to to remember to stick with those people like you said Sydney to stick with those people that uh not only want to be there but that will push push us to work that much harder is really important because it's the only way we're going to get better and the only way we're all going to rise up is to do it as a team yeah everybody's so supportive that I've seen like from this particular group um that I first noticed it when I first with worked with Adam 
and then like getting to know everybody and then Miranda and Jermel and you know Jesse's obviously in all of <laughs> involved in all of that and then like working yeah. I've I've worked with Miles like I've worked with every Luke like I've worked with all of you guys everybody seems to stick together which is so important um and especially even if you notice any other filmmaker in Winnipeg indie filmmaker they tend to have a consistent group that they kind of stick with and I think that's key just because then um like what I said before if one of you succeeds you kind of all end up succeeding because you guys are always working together right like you guys are always going to have some sort of work i i don't know that's the one thing that i tell people too whenever they spring up like oh why do you want to why do you want to do like indie or short films and stuff like there's no money in that and i'm like well because you don't understand like it's all about connection if if i yeah and if like they succeed i succeed if i succeed they succeed it's all like connected which is so important in winnipeg exactly I see. And, like, that makes sense. So cute, Thanks, but like Sid. I definitely it definitely like stuck out to me during Jermel's shoot just because I had that moment where I'm like, "Oh my god, am I am I going to lose this aspect of my life?" but Yeah. Um it's scary joining the union for the first time. I remember when I did it, it's like, "Ugh." But, yeah. <laughs> interesting um, actually. Kind of aligns with your character a little bit too. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Debating with like leaving or like staying, so it's 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 good that yeah, you definitely. were able to put a little bit of your uh, self into the uh, character. Yeah, and I mean you talked about that, Jermel, like where where you kind of pulled from, um, people like you knew kind of what people go through in this industry. I guess, in the sense, well, like for example, your character was so close to like certain things, your certain aspects about you, and like what you had said earlier, like it, it's all relatable. Yeah, for anybody yeah. that that works in film. Sweet theater um, too. Theater too, I'm sure. But I just I don't, yeah, I don't have as much experience in theater. In in the in the little bit of experience that I've had, it's you build because we spent. Um, and Sydney, I'm sure you can relate to this. Working on a TV show when I did the the stage show last year, it was something like 10, 12 weeks with the same people, and it was a family and that dynamic that builds and the energy that it allows you to develop and utilize when you're working is so important. And then when it's over, you crash. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Um, I'm still crashing. Do do you guys have any, um, we, we talked about sort of the, the community as a nutshell, uh, in a nutshell. Um, do you guys have any sort of advice for anybody who's listening who might, be wanting to become an actor, writer, director, or anything like that. Just don't even. It's not worth. <laughs> Good advice. Oh yeah, just if you're listening. We ran out of monies. If you hear the, if you're listening to this, we're dead. Yeah, exactly. Both inside and <laughs> honestly, like. Good advice that I could offer would be networking, honestly. Connections, building connections, all that type of stuff. That's honestly what's helped me the most. That's, what's, sure. what's, that's what I have relied on for the past few years. <laughs> From like a, I guess, writing, uh, filmmaking perspective, uh, we, we kind of talked about it in this episode, how a lot of why Winnipeg is based on personal experiences and um, real life perspectives of people and the city so on and so forth um so i guess in terms of advice in order to make something that will feel genuine on screen you have to pull from a genuine place yeah for sure so you can't just be like i'm going to make a movie you can't fake you can't you know even the movies are make-believe they are still a representation of things that are real right totally so like like today i'm gonna branch off a little bit uh, it, you know, I, I rewatched Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, even though it's about orcs and dragons and hobbits and wizards, all that stuff, it's based off of a guy's experiences during World War One. So it's you know similar idea. It has to come from a genuine place. Otherwise, yeah. it'll just feel like a YouTube skit. Nothing knock on those things. They're fun, but you know they have their place, but they don't go very deep. Love that for sure. I guess my advice is for anyone who wants to like do movies and like act and write and be good <laughs> nice because i know my good stuff uh don't be bad not, I, I don't know just don't make yeah, mistakes don't, don't be just be better um, don't make mistakes <laughs> um, uh, 
I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with Jamal. Just, like, do stuff that, like, I don't know. Be selfish. Make shit that you want to make. Yeah. I guess I guess it's kind of just, like, my, my perspective is that if you want to make it, um, like, obviously, t- you, can t- you can take, like, criticism or, like, other people's ideas and, like, I don't know, like, have your buddy's opinions on, like, scripts and stuff like that. Like, you should obviously take, <clears throat> like, critiques and stuff, but just, like, I don't know, do, do what you want to do and just fuck, fuck everyone else. I don't know. Be selfish. Be a, be a selfish filmmaker. You know, like, from my perspective... I was always trying to put myself as a filmmaker, but I feel like once you kind of do something where you're like, okay, I achieved like something that challenged me and, and I'm, I'm proud of myself and now I can kind of like just sit back and focus on the things that you want to make instead of just trying to prove yourself because I feel like there's a lot of pressure with doing that. So I feel like once you've done something that really challenges you, sit back, take some time for yourself, like... I mean, like like you did, Jermel, like before making this movie, um, you know, after really pushing yourself on the big one, taking some time, I really want to make this and just do it and just enjoy it and use all that that creative energy that you've saved up to make something just that radiates a very you sort of film and something that makes people laugh or makes people cry or whatever it is. Um. Make sh- make shitty movies. I'm not saying that this is a shitty movie or like whatever. But yeah. Like, like I, I don't fail. know. I, I find a lot of people. Yeah, yeah I find a lot of people like like this is Jamel's first movie since since uh, being in film school, and I think a lot of people like view film school the wrong way. Um, I think a lot of people view film school as like I'm gonna show up and like win a bunch of awards. Like fucking Jamel did this in this fucking first and second year won won all the awards. But, like, not everyone can do that. Like, for me, like, I struggled making, like, I think a lot of my movies in film, in my, in film school weren't very good, and I'm starting to get more success um, now because I was able to learn from my, my past movies. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of people, like, I learned more when I was sitting in class watching my shitty movie in front of everyone else wanting to kill myself than I did, like, than I did from, like, anything. I don't know. Make make a shitty movie and feel really bad about yourself, and then make something better. Sure. Um, that's I don't know. That's kind of my that's, that was my past, and I I think it's working. I don't yeah. Know. And uh, I made so many shitty movies starting out, so I feel like I feel like I'm make, good. Make a shitload of bad. <laughs> yeah, movies. for sure. So no bad. Cringy. Uh, there are moments that I've been in like productions where I like Super think cringy. about my acting and I like cringe. The cringe is hard, so it definitely goes with acting as well. Everybody needs to fail to learn. <laughs> exactly. My acting career was so cringy. I was in like, I was in like this one movie, and it was like, <laughs> oh, I was so bad in it. And another piece of sorry, Miranda. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm <laughs> I live for the memes. <laughs> another piece of advice that I hear a lot and I fail to take in on my own is, um, first of all, watch other movies good, bad, or otherwise, make sure you watch a ton of other stuff. And then, secondly, go experience other forms of art. Go read a book. Go see a play. Go fucking watch someone dance. Go watch a sports game. They're all... Just go experience life, because that's where you're going to pull the best stories from. Really. And that's why I think... Um, why Winnipeg is, is so good, because you pulled not just from your imagination, Jermel, but like Luke said, you pulled from... I think we all said too at one point. You pulled from real things that we on this show have experienced and others that we know of experienced, and that's why it resonates so well. Yeah, no, I, I thank you for saying that, but yeah, I, I agree. Good You're call. welcome. Um, you did a good one. It's a gooder. Yeah, Yay, movies. <laughs> a gooder. It'll probably be, I don't know when it'll be publicly released, but because I want to see if it can do some festival runs for it, but I'm getting close to like a final I'm cut. Expecting, I'm nice. expecting Please. some uh, acting nominations coming my way. Just, uh, you know, this is a yeah, I because uh, there's that there's that uh, film fest coming up, right? The laundromat one. Yeah, there oh is, yeah. yeah. Rock, laundry room. Oh, laundry room. Yeah. So I, I 
So that's the one that I. It's kind of like a soft deadline. I want to have it done for that to first nice. submissions for that one. So nice. I want uh, yeah. best actress Sweet. nomination and actually win this year because I lost two years in a row. <laughs> we, we we both we both lost the same year. Thing. Yeah, we did. We were losers yeah. together. How romantic. Yeah. But seriously. I lost her fucking Jermel's daughter. Girl, if my movie gets in and you don't get nominated, I'm gonna, like, get so mad. Wait, that I don't get not Girl, I already thought <laughs> no, this through. Like, if I don't get nominated for year, for yours, I will be so hella mad. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly what I just said. Could you, no, could you imagine I get oh. nominated for the third year in a row and I lose again? And I'm like, she's just under... She's just... She's the Leo DiCaprio of her age. She's <laughs> not very good. <laughs> They keep I giving keep her like the pity nominated every year, and I fucking lose. Oh my god, no! I hope not. On that lovely note, shall we um, sign off? Yeah. yeah. All right. So Sydney, uh, where can people find you online? What's your social media handles if you want to share any of those or plug a project that you've got? Uh, coming? yeah. Uh, Channel Zero Butcher's Box. Uh, season that's the third season is on showcase right now and then the next season that I'm in is coming out um, in fall it should be coming out in fall and that's called the dream door and then my Instagram is Sid Sabiston if anybody wants to give me a follow I won't say no <laughs> unless you're unless you're creepy and, uh, <laughs> no <laughs> yeah exactly uh, Luke what about you uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luffy's Lunchables. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at LukeRoach1992. <laughs> and um, I guess just things to plug coming up. Um, the, the Gimli Film Fest uh, is holding uh, a screening for a, a bunch of 48 hour film festivals that, that got chosen by a jury, and one of my movies got in. So uh, the Gimli Film Fest, the screening is on uh, July 28th. Uh, that's in Gimli, and then they're also doing a screening for all the 48-hour film festival movies in the city at, at the Metropolitan on the 31st, I believe. So the you can't Met. make it to Gimli. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I'll probably go to that. To the Met. Um, there's going to be a bunch. All the movies are going to be there, and from what I've seen, they all look pretty good. So um, come out and support local uh, filmmakers. Yeah. Always support well, local Congratulations. Art. Yes, that yeah. too. That's your big advice. Support your local yeah. artists. Straight up. Go see stuff. Uh, Miranda. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Instagram, Twitter, um, and Vimeo at Miranda Morose. Just like whatever, twitter.com slash Miranda Morose or whatever it is. And um, I also want to plug a thing. It's not film related, but today, actually, the day we're recording this, not the day that this is coming out, but the day we recorded this, we launched... Uh, press release for our theater company that we just announced. Uh, it's called the Manitoba Mystery Company, and we're looking for a cultural institution to be a venue for it for the fall. We want to tour a couple different uh, museums or uh, historic sites around Manitoba. So if you are involved in anything, like on a team for one of these cultural institutions, and you want to be a part of the show and partner with us, you can reach us at www.manitoba mystery company or manitoba mystery co.com and um we're on all the social medias as well at the same handle so i'm so excited for that it's a good time <laughs> i'm volunteering my front lawn <laughs> Liddy. you guys could perform my front lawn <laughs> jamel's front lawn concert it's just dagan and jack love that stand-up comedy nice. love yeah. that love jack i'd pay for that uh jamel where can they find you uh, you can find me at Jermel underscore P on Twitter and Instagram. Um, on Vimeo, I am Vimeo.com slash Jermel Pasqua. My shorts are there. Why Minute Pick isn't up yet. Uh, again, I don't know when that'll be up. But yeah, you can check out my current stuff there. Um, I was just going to say, follow tweets, follow so Jermel if you me. want some fire tweets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find me uh, at The Collective Films on YouTube. Uh I forget my Vimeo handle. Wow. Jeez. Uh, moving on, you can find us at ATCT Show on all kinds of social media. We are now also on Spotify. Uh, thanks for coming, everybody. Thank you for having me. Good night. Thrilling out. Lawns being Thanks. Bye, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>
Amanda from the Around the Craft Table team, and you've just heard Season 2, Episode 3, Why Winnipeg, a post-mortem episode of recent short film by Jermel Pasqua. This week's episode was executive produced and directed by Miles A. Taylor. It was executive produced and edited by myself, Miranda Morose. It featured Miles, myself, Jermel Pasqua, Sydney Sabiston, and Luke Roach as guests. We hope you enjoyed the episode this week and hope you stick around for next week where we're sitting down with local filmmaker and indie festival organizer Ian Bawa to discuss how he got into the filmmaking scene and find out some insider information on the U Winnipeg Film Fest, which submissions are opening for soon. We're pretty excited for you to hear all these conversations we had and hope to spark some new conversations about filmmaking within your own circle of friends, collaborators, or just in the comments section. We have a special announcement for you all as we're now accepting film suggestions for indie films to feature in our Shot for Shot segment, where we do an in-depth analysis of short films. Send us a comment if you have a favorite short film you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast. You can now find Around the Craft Table on iTunes, Google Play Music, most mainstream podcasting streams and also Spotify or if none of those work for you you can enter our RSS feed into the podcast app of your choosing connect with us on social media at ATCD show or just send us an email at crafttablepodcast at gmail.com if you have any important questions or requests we'd love to hear from you see you next week (laughs) 